in the 1950s, America was involved in quite a few wars. And it was a rabbi in New York, Rabbi Soloveitchik, J.B. Soloveitchik, famous rabbi, he was the end of the Yeshiva University, the head of the Yeshiva University. And he believed, he used to tell his students they should go to do service, they should enlist in the American army. He says, America is so good to the Jews, we need to pay back. We need to show patriotism, we need to show responsibility, that we are we're taking part in the burden of the country. He was so strong about that. He was the, he had the rabbinical, every, every year he was another class who was studying rabbinical studies to be graduated as rabbis. He says from every class, five students will have to go to serve in the American army as cha chaplains. But who is going to go? You, me, him. They made a lottery. And whoever from the class came out in the lottery to go to the army, will enlist in the army to be a chaplain. One boy, his name was Henry Isaac. He, won, he was one of the people who came out in the lottery to go to the American army. He went, he, went to, he went to the army, he went to all his physicals and all that. They can, they can take him. He's a volunteer, he's not uh, as to go. And they told him they need a chaplain in the Air Force. And he was ready to go. But his father didn't like the idea. His father was a Torah scholar, a lawyer and a Torah scholar. And his father said, in the 50s, a religious boy in the American army, what are they going to be from you? No kosher food, no, no Yiddishkeit, no nothing. It's not an environment for a yeshiva student. His father didn't want him to go to the army. But he was stuck. His rabbi, his rabbi, Rabbi Soloveitchik, told him to go to the army, to be a chaplain. His father told him, you're not going. I'm against it. He was 24 years old. Who should he listen? Okay. He decided he's going to see the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He's going to see the Rebbe. And he says, why decide about the Rebbe? It was not Chabad, not any. He says, he heard, he heard already about the Rebbe then. It was 1958 that the Rebbe was a very wise man. And many non-Orthodox Jews came to seek his advice. Maybe, maybe not many non-Jews came. And then he said, number two, he was thinking the Rebbe was an open, a person who saw the world, was studying in Sorbonne and in other places. He understood the world. And number three, he says, I knew my father respect the Rebbe very much. Whatever the Rebbe will say, my father will accept it. He called to the office, he got an appointment one evening, 1 a.m. That's when the Rebbe used to receive people from 8 o'clock at night, all night. At that time, he was already engaged. And he felt that it would be the right thing to take his fiance to the Rebbe because then whatever decision will be made will affect her life. He asked her if she wants to go. She was very excited. So they're arriving to 770 Instant Parkway. He couldn't believe how many people were waiting in line and what type of people, all kinds and all types. After a while, his tomb was there. He came up and he entered the Rebbe's office. He said he told the Rebbe the story I have in Yiddish, I have in English. He told the Rebbe the story what's the dilemma, his rabbi told him to go to the army, his father told him not to go, what should he do? He told the rabbi, I respect my rabbi very much, and obviously I respect my father. The rabbi told him, 
if you were on a plane full of passengers, and you're a, if you're a, a pilot and you know how to land the plane, the plane safe, then you have an obligation to sit on the pilot seat and to land the plane, to, to fly the plane. But if you don't know how to uh, fly the plane, you're not allowed to sit on the, on the pilot seat. Rebbe looks at him and says, if you feel that you can lead the people and not to the Riddishkeit, then you, you have to do it. That's it. <laughs> so he walked out and he thought to himself, he was so impressed by the Rebbe's sense. I said, first of all, the Rebbe didn't tell him, the Rebbe took the metaphor from his, his going to the Air Force. But more than that, the Rebbe didn't tell them what to do. The Rebbe told them, it's your decision. If you feel you can help people, then you have to do it. You can help other Jews, then you have to do it. If you feel that it might influence you in the wrong way, then don't do it. He says he called his father. He told his father, the Rebbe Sensor. Basically, the Rebbe told him, if you can do it, you should do it. And his father said, if the Rebbe said it, you should go. I agree to they sent them to Limestone, Maine. There is, was stationed there for two years. It says there were 10,000 people in the place that were working for the American army, 75 Jews, something like this, but very high-ranking Jews, very high positions. After two years there, the Jewish community in Bengal, Bengal, Maine, Bengal, Bengal, I said, Bengal. Benger Main heard about, they had a connection with them, and they asked them to become a rabbi in their little Orthodox community. And he stayed in Benger for 40 years, and he established a day school. And many Jewish kids from very secular homes went to his day school, and became closer to Judaism, many of them went to yeshivas, and many, many Jewish kids established beautiful, nice Jewish homes. He says all of this was because the Rebbe told them if you know how to land the plane, the plane, then do it. The parsha of this week is Lech Lecha, right? Everybody knows the beginning. God told Abraham, Lech Lecha, go to your land. But who is Abraham? That's what we read in the end of last week's parsha. Abraham is the son of Terah, one of three children of Terah. Terach was living in Ur Kasdim. Ur Kasdim is in Iraq. And he was living there and he had three kids. Abraham, Haran, and Nahor. And we all know the story that what happened with Abraham. Abraham was started to discover about God, to believe in God, and he broke his father's idols and he made service. Terach was a high-ranking officer, Macher, at Nimrod was the king. Nimrod was the king in Babylon. Terach, like a good communist, reported to Nimrod that his son Abraham is a troublemaker. Nimrod said, if Abraham doesn't believe in idol, he deserves to be thrown into furnace. The people ask Haran, the brother, at which side are you, with Abraham or with us? He says, we'll see. If Abraham comes out from the furnace, then I'm with Abraham. If not, I'm with you. Medrash says, Abraham was thrown into the furnace, came out alive. The Astorah knew. He says, I'm with Abraham. They throw him into the furnace, and he stayed there. And Terach saw what happened to his son. It 
thought he made a recalculation, you know, like the GPS used to do. <laughs> he said, maybe, maybe the idea of living, walking from Nimrod is not such a good idea. He decided to move. Where he decided to move? To the land of Canaan. From Iraq to the land of Canaan? Why? Why Terach, out of nowhere, decided to go to the land of Canaan? Terach and Nimrod were both descendants of Noah, right? Terach was a descendant of Shem, and Nimrod was a descendant of Ham. Nimrod was a grandson of Ham. Terach was more a great-great-grandson of Shem. Noah blessed Shem and cursed Ham. But in reality, the Ham family was in power. Terah was his employee. Terah decided he's going to the land of Canaan. You know why? Because the king in the land of Canaan, in Jerusalem, was at that time it used to be called Shalem, was Shem. Malki Tzedek, Melech Shalem, in this parsha, that's all story with Abraham, we're not going to it. Rashi says, the Talmud says it was Shem. That the Terach decided he's going to, to live in a place with his great grandfather. He's going to visit his grandpa. After the bad experience, he, he trusted that Nimrod, the modern world, is going to save him. You know what? They will not. He said after this disappointment, he's going to Canaan. But now he's going from Iraq to Israel. There is a thousand kilometer desert in between. Impossible. But he went on the Euphrates, the way of the Euphrates River went up. On the way, he got stuck, like many people have good intention to go somewhere. On the way, they get, I don't know. He got stuck in Haran. Haran is in Turkey. And he stayed there. Then, the Torah tells us the end of, the, of last week's Parsha. Terach died in Haran. And this week's parasha starts, Lech Lecha Me'atzecha, Abraham is living in Haran, he's going to the land of Israel. But Rashi is asking, when you calculate the numbers, how old was Abraham when he left Haran? How old was Terach when he died? You make the numbers, Terach was still alive. Lived another 60 years after Abraham left Haran. Why the Torah writes, Terach died, and then the Torah starts to write, and Abraham left from Haran to the land of Israel. Lech Lecha. That, Torah, that Rashi says something amazing. The Torah want to cover up on Abraham. It didn't look good. It didn't look good that Abraham is leaving Haran while his old father is alive. Then we covered it up. Shh, nobody should know. Right, the Torah died and then Abraham left. But first of all, the, the, Torah, the Torah covered it up, but Rashi uncovered it, right? That's not so nice, first of all. If the Torah covered it, why you uncover it? But number two, so we covered it. But why left? We covered it that other people should not learn from it to leave the parents on the way. But why Abraham left? Because Abraham had a message from God. He had a bigger mission in life than just to take care of his father. He had a mission to bring the belief of God to the world. He had a mission to go to Maine, to become a rabbi. He had to go to do something big. That Nahor, the other brother, stayed in Haran with his father. Nahor had a son with the name Betuel, and Betuel had a daughter with the name Rebecca. Sounds familiar? And she married Isaac later. And Abraham went to. Now, 
לך לך, is written only twice in the Bible, in the whole Torah, this expression, because it's a strange expression, לך לך, repeating the same word twice, go, go, or go for yourself. We also is the other expression, time, it's written in the Bible, לך לך, one more time. It's written by the last test of Abraham, by the Akedah, when God tells Abraham, I want you to take your son to offer him as, a, as an offering at Mount Moriah, God tells him, לך לך אל ארץ אל הר המוריה, go to the, to, the, to the Mount Moriah. The same expression, לך לך, and the first time God speaks to him, the same expression, לך לך, and the last time God speaks to him. The same word, the only two times in the Bible. Now, the Medrash says, Medrash Tanchume says, not Medrash Abba, Medrash Tanchume says, why לך לך? What is the gematria of the word לך לך? לך is למד in חף. למד is תרי, חף is תואני, together is 50. The other לך, the same two words, the same two letters, למד חף. 50 and 50, together it's under. Then the Medrash says, because God, Abraham listened to God, to leave Haran and to go to the land of Israel, what happened to him by the age of 100? He had a son. He was blessed with a son. There is something more. How old was Abraham when he left Haran? 75. How old was he when he died? 185. 175. 175. He should have lived a man. He lived a hundred years. After Hashem told him, when he listened to God, Lech Lecha, he lived another hundred years. The amount of the letters of the word Lech Lecha. When you do what Hashem tells you, you get a new life. It's not on your account, it's on God's account. Lech Lecha, you listen to the Lech Lecha of Hashem, God gives you Lech Lecha ears. He lived another hundred years to do the mission of God. It's not your time, it's God's time. And God really tells every one of us, Lech Lecha. Move on, go further, accomplish. You have a bigger mission, just move. The idea is to move. The first time told Abraham Lech Lecha, the last time. Just move on.